When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Suspense. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. There is more than one kind of mystery. In addition to the whodunits, there are the howdunits and the whydunits. Take the celebrated murder story of Frankie and Johnny. Everybody knows who done it, Frankie. And everybody knows why she done it. Because Johnny done her wrong. But we feel that how she done it, with Miss Margaret Whiting starring as Frankie, makes a story well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Love me, honey? Sure, sure. Johnny. What you want now? Talk to me, baby. That's all I want. <laughs> all right. Come here. <sighs> That's what you really want, isn't it? You're my man, Johnny. That's right. I'm your man. Except sometimes. What are you talking about? Except sometimes, Johnny, when you go away. Where do you go when you go away? Oh, come on now, baby. Don't start that again. Where do you go, Johnny? The Kukaloos on Basin Street. You know that. They don't give you nothing there that I can't give you here, Johnny. 
What's there is a back room, a back room and a place to play my licorice stick. The place to sit and play and nobody bothers, me and a couple of others. You know that, baby, don't you worry. You can play your music someplace else and get money for it. I worry about that. Don't you start riling me, Frankie. Why don't you take yourself a walk? The whole town of New Orleans. So many places to play your music and you sit in the back room. You go away from me and I... I'll tell you something, baby. You don't like it, you can take that long walk to Georgia where you come from. You leaving? No. A couple of girls I used to know never bothered me about going down to Kukaloos. All right. I won't bother you. That's better. Got any money, Frankie? I got some. I saw me a suit. Walking down Basin Street, I saw me a suit in the store window. Oh, I need me that suit, honey. I'd sure look good in it. What's it cost, Johnny? You want me in a cheap suit? I didn't say that. I just asked. A hundred dollars. You got a hundred dollars, baby? I got it. Oh, that's good. That's fine. <laughs> I'm my man, Johnny. Show him your man, Frankie. Show me off, baby. All right, honey. We walk down to Esplanade where the lights are, and everybody can see you fine. We walked real slow along the basin. The gals, they all called him by name. Honey, all this walking's tying me out. Well, I'm showing you off, Johnny, like you said. Showing my man off in the bright light. Light's just as bright at Kukaloo's, and I kind of like it where the lights are inside, anyhow. Anywhere you want, Johnny. Sure. So we walk back along Basin. Back up to old Kukaloo's. Who is that, Johnny? Oh, just a girl. Nellie Blythe. Pretty friendly, aren't you? No, just polite. Is she why you come down here all the time? Frank, I told you, don't you round me. All right, Johnny. Don't you forget, you're my man. Sure, sure. Say, I need me a beer, thank you. Get you one? I ain't thirsty, honey. Oh, I'm thirsty. I'm real thirsty. All I got left is $9. I ain't that thirsty. Just give me one of them. All right. Here. I, I'll set you down here by the piano, and you can listen to Tiso. You wait here, Frankie. I'll bring me back my beer, and I'll sit with you. Hi, Frankie. What would you like to hear? Just do what you're playing, Tiso. 
I like that fine. Dreamy like, huh? Yeah, I feel dreamy. How are you and Johnny getting along, Frankie? Like that music you're playing? Well, I'm glad. I'm mighty glad. You ever get homesick, Frankie? First I did. I never think about home no more. George is a real nice place. A gal can do real nice there. I'm doing nice. I got Johnny. Yeah? Sure, I got Johnny. He comes back to the table from the bar, you ask him. I do that. When he comes back. He ain't at the bar, Frankie. He ain't. Not anymore, he ain't. Look for yourself. Bartender. Uh, yes, ma'am. Where's Johnny? Uh, your name Frankie, ma'am? Yeah. Where's Johnny? Well, he told me to tell you something. He said he had to leave. He said don't wait up for him. Where'd he go? I don't know, ma'am. He didn't say that. I ran to the street in a hurry. My Johnny was nowhere around. A gal leaning in a doorway made a soft laughing sound. <laughs> Looking for your man? <laughs> your Johnny's gone. Walk up and down all the pavement. Knock on a million locked doors. Keep on asking for my Johnny in the weeping corridors. He is my man. He can't do wrong. Guys tried to sell me Nighttime. Guys tried to kiss away my tears. Said, come along, pretty Frankie. Oh, I love you for years and years. Forget your man. That man's dead wrong. Oh, it's a real pretty evening, Frank. 
out strolling all alone? I guess I am. Come on inside. We'll have us a chat. No, I, I'm going to walk some more. We'll have us some beer. No, thanks, Miss Willie. We'll have us some whiskey, Frankie. No, I, I got to walk some more. I got something to tell you, Frankie. What? Well, I sit here all day long. All night long, too. I never sleep. I see all sorts of things. All sorts of people. You see Johnny come by here, Miss Willie? <laughs> yeah, Johnny. He shows a good-looking boy. Black hair plastered down like that. My, my. The way he walks. You notice the way he walks, huh? People step back and let him come past the way he walks. My Johnny. See him come by here lately? I seen a gal come by here lately. Alone? Not this gal. Ain't a night for a gal to be alone. A real pretty gal. Who was she with, Miss Willie? Had gold hair and red lips. Her name was Nellie Bly. Nellie Bly? He said hello to a gal named Nellie over Kukaloos. He wasn't saying goodbye when they passed here. Where'd they go? Show off his new suit, I guess. Where'd they go? Down the street. Down that way, Frankie. Down to Jelly Cake's place? I think I saw them going to Jelly Cake's. I ain't sure now, but I think they did. Where you going, Frankie? Jelly Cake's the other way. I'm going to find me a pawn shop. Why, Frankie? I gotta buy me something. What? Gotta buy me a gun. In a moment, we continue with... Suspense. Somebody once said, tomorrow is the today we talked about yesterday, which is another way of saying... Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. And one of the smartest things you can do today is enroll for a USAPI course. USAPI offers more than 340 courses to choose from and several ways to study them. So it will pay you to start planning for your future now. If you expect to leave the service soon, don't let that worry you. Provisions have been made for service personnel who are discharged while they're taking a USAPI course. If you're studying a correspondence course, you're allowed nine months from the day of your discharge to complete your USAPI studies, providing you submitted at least one lesson while you were in the service. If you're taking a self-teaching course, you're also given nine months to complete it after your discharge. And if you're taking a course through a college or university, USAPI allows you a full year after discharge to complete the course. So whether you're a 30-year man or not, take advantage of a good deal and enroll with USAPI now. For a uniform education, study with USAPI. And now, we continue with Frankie and Johnny, starring Miss Margaret Whiting, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Jelly Cake. Oh, are you, Miss Frankie? Can I talk to you a minute, Jelly Cake? Sure can. Sit down here. 
Uh, you like a little something to drink? No, thanks. Has Johnny been in here? He's been here. With a girl? Mm-hmm. What'd they do here? Mm, they're sitting over there. Then they got up and danced for a while. A couple of times when we played them soft. But mostly they just sat. He kissed her? <laughs> you ought to ask me things like that, Miss Frankie. I want to know what he did. Well, there was a little fight while he's in here. Wasn't very much of a fight. He just hit a man, that's all. Johnny never hit a man on account of me. Oh, no, it wasn't that, Miss Frankie. Uh, some man walked by and spilt a little gin on Johnny's new suit. It was an accident. The man didn't mean nothing, but Johnny hit him. <laughs> Said the man ruined his suit. Johnny might have killed that man, except for the lady. He called Nellie. She fixed it. Fixed it? How? Took Johnny out of here for a little while. Then they come back. Johnny was smiling. Johnny was smiling and leaning close to this girl and telling her things. Then she'd be smiling, too, and laying her head up against Johnny's new yellow suit. Yellow suit? Well, I didn't buy him a yellow suit. That's the kind of suit he's wearing when he come back in here, Miss Frankie. Soft kind of yellow. Not the kind that screams at you. Uh, whispery kind of yellow. The one I bought him cost $100. Oh, you couldn't buy that yellow suit for no $100. This was five pearl buttons on the coat, and the vest was silk, and there was a big gold chain across the front. Oh, that Johnny lighted up the place with a soft, pretty light. I'd have bought him a suit like that if he'd asked me to. I'd have bought him anything he wanted. You, uh, never bought him no diamonds, did you? Diamonds? Yeah, like the one he's wearing on his little finger. Miss Frankie... That was the biggest diamond in the whole world. The brightest one, too. That Johnny ain't never gonna need a light to find his way around. Not with that diamond on his little finger. I guess Nellie bought him that, too. And the patent leather shoes. And the cane. <laughs> I guess she likes him real well. Guess that Johnny got himself a woman. Where'd they go, Jellycake? Out of here. Some time ago. Uh, must have been an hour. Where? And he gave me a dollar to play him a tune. He called me a tune and said, play it before I take my loving Nellie home. You know where she lives? Yeah, there where this line crosses Charteris, Miss Frankie. Uh, third house down, left side. Thanks, Jellycake. What you gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do. You gonna kill him? Well, night, Miss Frankie. Something got to spoil the fun. 
I'll get it, honey. Here's a clarinet you sent me over to your place for, Johnny. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Anybody there? No. No. That's good. Thanks. Sure, Johnny. Come on, Nellie, baby. Get along with that packing. I aim to play me some music before the boat pulls out in the morning. That man took all of my money. That man took all of my love. He left me so sad and so lonely. My heart's a broken winged dove. He is my man, but he's doing me wrong. Got a big rock on his finger, bright yellow suit on his back. Making love to that Nelly Bly, the driver. Roll this hat. Gonna kill that man. What'd you say, lady? Gonna kill that man. Turn here. Three houses down and stop. I guess... I guess you want to go someplace after... after you leave here, lady. You, you you want me to wait? You can wait. What do you want? Where's Johnny? I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Ellie Bly live here? She's gone, lady. She ain't never coming back. A man with her? Wearing a yellow suit and a golden chain and a diamond ring? Name's Johnny, huh? A gent. A real gent. He's gone, too. He's gone with Nellie Bly. They talk about where they were going? They talk about Memphis, St. Louis. About riding a riverboat come on. That Johnny was a real sport. Made a five-dollar bill right here where my hand is. I only got two dollars. Right here where my hand is. Thank you kindly. What did he buy for five dollars, mister? What I'm going to sell you for two. Johnny sent me to his place to pick up something. You're lying. Johnny ain't got nothing except what's on his back. Got a clarinet. That's what he told me to get, that's all. What do you want Johnny for? I got something to give him, too. What's that? A gun. You, you find him, lady? I know where he is. I know for sure where he is. Yeah, is that where we're going? To Cuckaloo's. Oh, on Basin Street. That's right. Yeah, I know, I know where that is. It won't take long. Cabby. Yeah, lady. I got no more money. Oh. I can't pay you for this ride, Cabby. You weren't kidding, were you, about what you said before? About what? About killing a man. I wasn't kidding. I'm going to kill him. This ride won't cost you nothing. 
I wish I had me a gal like you. Love me so much you'd kill for me. I wouldn't do a gal like that no wrong. Where you think you're going, Frankie? Get out of my way, Nellie Bly. I can't go in that back room. Johnny won't even let me go in there, so he ain't gonna let you. I got no argument with you, so get out of my way. You got an argument with my sweet man. You got an argument with me. You want to go to Memphis, Nellie? I'm going. You want to go to St. Louis? I'm going there, too. Maybe you're going, and I ain't going to stop you. You're going to find another sweet man to go with. Not Johnny. <laughs> Honey, he don't love you no more. He's tired of you. You told me. You told me lots of things. You told me about my gold hair and my red lips. You told me... You ain't going with Johnny, so get out of here, Nellie. Go on. Get out. Where you hold that gun, I guess I'd better. Get on that riverboat and never come back. Here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Shame to kill him, Miss Frankie. He ain't much of a guy, but Johnny plays a lot of clarinet. Get out, Cheezo. You oughtn't to kill him, Frankie. When you leave here, mister, close the door. Johnny. Goodbye, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Johnny! Roll him over easy, boy. Roll him over slow. Hey, what's going on in here? He got shot, officer. He dead. You do it, Frankie? I did it. Then I gotta take you down to the jailhouse, Frankie. I brought you a chair to stand on, Frankie, in case you want to look out the jail window while he's passing by. You want to look? Climb on up and look, Frankie. What do you see? I see a long black coffin with people in funeral clothes. Johnny's gone and cashed his checks. To the graveyard, my Johnny goes. There goes that rubber tired carriage. There goes that rubber-tied hat. Twelve men gone to the graveyard. And eleven coming back. Johnny was my man. But he done me wrong.
Suspense. In which Miss Margaret Whiting starred in Frankie and Johnny, produced and directed by William N. Robeson. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Frankie and Johnny was adapted from the folk song by David Friedkin and Mort Fine. Music by Leith Stevens. The part of Johnny was played by Shepard Menken. Also heard in the cast were Shirley Mitchell, Amanda Randolph, Roy Glenn, Joe DeSantis, Jay Novello, Corny Anderson, and Dawes Butler. producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, William N. Robeson. Considering the bad time the Spanish conquistador Pizarro gave the Incas of Peru some 400 years ago, you can hardly blame them for leaving a few booby traps scattered around the Andes. And while you may not consider the rainforests of the headwaters of the Amazon an exactly appropriate place for a honeymoon, you must agree that it is people with such wacky ideas who are apt to live dangerously. And dangerously they do live. In Door of Gold, starring Myron McCormick. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. The Peruvian jungle is no place for a woman. But Janice insisted she was an archaeologist first and my bride second. It was rugged. In addition to the snakes, bugs, and mildew, there were the unfriendly Quechua Indians, each of whom claimed to be a direct descendant of the Inca. Manco Capac himself. It had been slow going. We excavated burial mound after burial mound and found nothing. Uh, perhaps they were right. Maybe my translations were wrong and the Porto de Oro was only a legend. We had only one native guide, a sullen Indian named Juan. So everyone worked. Dr. Clayton, myself, even Janice. Inside the mound that morning, I could hear old Dr. Clayton and Janice chipping away. Suddenly, Janice shouted. What? What have you... Finally. The Porto de Oro. Congratulations, Philip. You were right. Professor Wellman's translation was in error. Well, it's bound to make you famous, old boy. You realize that? Oh, Phil, I'm so very pleased for you. I'll have to listen to you now. I say, look, even Juan is impressed. Si, senor. For many lifetimes, my people have... Este muy magnifico. Es el Porto de Oro. This burial mound was built against the mountainside. Like all ancient Inca structures... A marvel of shaped stone and grooved rock. Fitted so neatly, no mortar was required. We had torn down a section of the wall facing the mountain until the door was revealed. 
A door that glittered dully after Janice used chemicals to dissolve the corrosion. There was no mistaking it. Embossed on the metal was a rising sun, its rays throwing streamers of pure gold across the panel. Did, uh... Is there anything in the inscription that would indicate how to open it? Well, let's see. It says, uh... Light to the seeker comes through the shafts of God. Well, that makes everything clear. Patience, child. Your impressions, Philip. Well, you see where the sun slants through the cracks in the stones up there? See? Yes, yes. It hits the wall in two places. I say, so they're the shafts of God. They're God. Correct. Now, you take one, I'll try the other. What should we try? Well, I'd say... Press in on the stones where the light hits. Most of the hidden doors are counterbalanced. That's it! You got it! It's moving in into the sky! Easy, beginning, Sarah, the golden child. Easy, beginning, Sarah, the Chill crept along my spine. The religious chanting of the college-educated Huan, the scratch of stone on stone and the musty odor that crept forth from the now-open tunnel raised the short hairs on the back of my neck. It was silly, I guess. The early sun streamed across the bare floor, but from that dank opening came the odor of death. Smells pretty bad. That child is inexperienced talking. The mere fact they're getting the odor means that there's circulation in there. How shall we handle the search inside? Well, uh, uh, Dr. Clayton, if you wouldn't mind, we'd like to... No, not really. I'll go in later. You and the child go. Honeymoon trip, cool darkness, young bride. Sounds romantic. With that smell, I don't think I could raise a pucker. You wish Juan to go, senor? Well, if you don't mind, no. If uh, anything happens, a pivot or a counterbalance stone or something closes the door. We'll need both of you out here to get it open again. Ah, see, see. We shall wait. We quickly gathered the necessary equipment. I belted on two flashlights, the four-battery type, and filled my side pack with spare batteries. Sidearms, a medicine kit, sandwiches, water, of course. Finally, a rope. When we were tied together, I gave Janice the long bamboo probe. Janice had better go in first, don't you think, old boy? Yes, yes, I, I think she should. Now, listen carefully, Janice. Yes. Both of our lives may depend on it. Walk lightly. Place your feet carefully and test each slab before stepping on them. Oh, now, gentlemen, please. I may just be out of college, but I have studied their culture. I know all about the flip-flop stones. <laughs> Very true, youngster. It is different in a classroom. There you can laugh at a mistake. The most important thing is to remember if I should go through somewhere, you can't hold me unless you drop flat. Okay, okay. Let's go before I lose my nerve completely. Juan. Okay, senor. I brought up the rifle so you and Dr. Clayton can keep an eye out for unfriendly natives. If anything should happen, fire two shots. Si. Vaya con Dios, senor y senora. Go with which god, Juan? Oh, the Christian one, senora. The sun god. He would not like it. We moved slowly down into the slanted passageway. Nervously, Janice stabbed at each of the fitted blocks with a long probe, while I mapped them, numbering them on our chart. The corridor slanted upward again, and the entrance was gone. We were alone. <laughs> 
Suddenly, Block 87 swung from under her and she dropped through. Janice! Janice! You all right? I don't know. Can you reach your flash? I think... Yes, I've got it. What's down there? It's not... It's not too deep. Maybe 30 feet. Okay, hold tight. I'll pull you up. Daisy? Oh, we're, we're lucky that pivot stone didn't close. Oh, Phil, hold me close. That's better. Uh, darling. Uh, oh, just think what this means. We'll make Professor Holloway and that entire bunch at the university crawl when we get back. No money, no official recognition, and all those so-called scholars peering down their noses at us. You wait. It'll be a pleasure to make them eat their words. Yes, darling. Meanwhile, will you please mark that darned 87 block red? We went on, skirting the still-tilted lip of the pivot stone and inching forward. Twice more, we located swinging traps, the second over a swiftly moving stream. That was why the air was relatively good. Suddenly, Janice stopped, yanking on our connecting ropes. Phil, I, I, I don't like the feel of this block. Well, what's the matter? Well, it's no pivot, but, but it's not solid. It, it feels like it wants to give downward. Counterbalance, maybe? Don't put weight on it. Hmm. Well, let's work around it and see what's beyond. Why, is that a door? Yeah, some kind. That may be what Block 590 controls. You game? To try it? Sure. We went back to Block number 590 on the chart. Janice lay flat, and I stepped gingerly on it. Sank about a foot, and the hollow thunder reached us. The pressure caught us a moment later. Phil, what was that? Uh, afraid to think. Put your hand down near the tunnel floor. Okay. Feel anything? No. Why? Should I? No, I'm afraid not. We've lost our air circulation. Oh, Phil. Probably means 590 closed the main entrance. Maybe Juan and, and Dr. Clayton will open it in a minute. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, we'll go on a bit. Perhaps that second panel opened at the same time. Don't you think we ought to go back? Why? We can't open it from the inside. They'll either get it open or they won't. We crept along silently until we reached the second door. It had not moved. Remembering the entrance, we fumbled with the stones on either side, but they didn't work. We found the combination by accident. None of the stones helped, but when we moved to either end of our rope, preparing to go back, both blocks moved downward slightly, and it opened. Oh, Phil. They... They can't hurt you. They, they, they've been sitting there for over 400 years. You mean they, they were trapped here in their own hidden passage? No, 
No, it was the bidding of their sun god. They sat there until it no longer mattered. How awful. Yeah, in one way. Yet in another, rather magnificent. When Pizarro raided their city in the sky, what gold they had not thrown in Lake Titicata was brought down into this tunnel. They stayed to guard it. Phil, put your arms around me until I stop shaking. I managed to soothe her jangled nerves, but there was no one to calm mine. Where was the confounded air circulation? The minute the outer door opened, we would feel it. Surely if Juan wasn't tall enough, Clayton could rig something for him to stand on, or... Was there something else? We made quick work of it going back. Using the other flash in the chart, we hurried along the tunnel, carefully avoiding the marked traps, until we made the last dip and reached the golden door. It was still closed. Dr. Clayton! Dr. Clayton, open the door! Save your strength. That door is two feet thick. Clayton! We're back! Can you get it open? Juan! Dr. Clayton! Can you hear us? Si, senora. Juan is here. Juan! Where's Dr. Clayton? The two of you can get this open. Very sad, senor. The good doctor, he has had an accident. An accident? What kind of a... Oh, never mind now. Go get help. Open door. You hear? One here, but he cannot do this. Cannot? What do you mean? From nowhere, the sun god closed door. You, his guest, he would not like if you leave. Juan, stop Dr. Clayton from sacrilege. Juan, please! Juan, what's that noise? What are you doing? Son God, not one passage found. Juan was revealed world. get out. Losing our heads won't help. We might... Uh, what's the altitude of this burial mound? Uh, uh, I, I don't remember. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dr. Clayton marked it yesterday. About 30, about 3,600 feet above, above sea level. Why? Now, think a minute. My translation said the Porta de Oro would be here. Yes. It was. Now that means this tunnel must be the one which leads up to Machu Picchu. So, if Clayton's figures are nearly correct, it's about uh, a mile west and three miles straight up inside the mountain. Oh. Oh, that's a welcome idea. I thought maybe... I know, I know. Come here. Honey, we mustn't ever give up. We're both trained. We studied the ancient Incas. And if anybody can outwit them, 
we can. Thank you, darling. I'm all right now. Let's go. We went back into the now familiar part of the tunnel, counting blocks and squeezing past the dangerous ones. When we reached the second doorway, we stopped. Poor devils. They don't look so frightening the second time. All huddled over their belongings. <laughs> Janice, what's wrong with you? Now look here. Uh, pardon me, old man. There. Does that look like personal belongings to you? Good heavens. I forgot. Is all of that gold? Pure gold. What you're staring at is the ransom of the Inca sun god. Pizarro murdered him. So the Incas hid the gold here to prevent the Spanish from finding it. Why, there must be millions. Yeah. Even at the tiny percentage that would be allowed us by the Peruvian government, this would make us wealthy for life. Would? Okay. Will. That better? It was hard to keep the note of doubt from creeping into my voice. The gold had been here four centuries. Why? Well, it didn't make sense unless... There was no trouble with traps the next half mile until... Bill, another door. Seems bigger. Huh. Let's try the same positions before. It might work. Stiff when I start to drop that way. Keep your eyes open. We're getting tired. We're getting to be sloppy. What's that? Down there ahead. Oh, Phil, Phil, I'm sorry. Counterbalance. Oh. Oh, what's the difference? May as well have that one closed, too. I doubt if we'll be back. Up. Up. Up until it seemed as if our legs must drop off. And then, suddenly I heard Janice slump to the steps ahead. Janice! Janice, you all right? I, I guess so. There's another door. Use the light. Yeah, sure, honey. Now rest yourself. I'll... Oh, no. What? What's wrong? It was all there, right in Almagra's diary. All I had to do was read simple Spanish. No, no, I've got to be clever and find the Porto de Oro anyway. Phil, that, that isn't a door? No, it's not. In the diary, Diego Almagro wrote, Their gods were angry and the mountain shook. Look, you see that step? It's sheared right in half. Earthquake. Right. When the quake struck, it shifted the other half of the tunnel. Maybe two or three hundred feet, one way or another. This is a dead end. Oh, no. It can't be. You're trying to frighten me. Phil, don't kill her around. Open her, please. Please, Phil, this isn't Stop that. You hear me? Stop it. Right now. Going to pieces won't help. I hated to slap her, but I had to. And she understood. She didn't say a word. She just turned and went slowly back down. 
seemed hours before we reached the bottom of the stairs. Well, the air was much better. Minor consolation. So we would die of thirst and hunger instead of of suffocation. We came up against the first of the closed doors. And it wasn't that easy. We tried combination after combination. Then, just as we were ready to drop from exhaustion, we happened to move back from the door. She on the third block and I on the sixth. Instantly, there was that sinking sensation and the door moved toward us and disappeared flush into the wall. Oh, come on, Phil, move. If it works on the next door, it might work. Yes, I know what it might, but we'll take it easy. Charred or no charge, it's dangerous to rush. Oh, don't be silly. I felt sick. There was no tension on the rope. The revolving pivot stone had cut it easily. I scrambled to the pivot stone and lay at arm's length while I tried to move it. No dice. Nervously, I felt for the flash and pressed the button. Nothing happened. Again, I tried and cut my finger as I found the reason. The lens and bulb were smashed. I fumbled for the other flash. It, too, had broken. I was alone in the darkness. Must think. Pressure. Yeah, that was it. Pressure. The third block back needed weight. I crawled to the nearest skeletons and dragged them aside, digging for the sacks of gold beneath. I crawled slowly, tugging some of the heavy ingots with me. Finally, I had a pile of them on the block where I had been standing. I crawled back to the pivot stone. This time, it moved. Janice! Janice, can you hear me? Phil! Thank heaven! Turn the flash down here and let me see! Can! broke when I tried to stop your fall. Both of them. Are you hurt? I... I don't think so. I landed on... on a bunch of old friends. Is it... Uh, deep? I... I don't think so. Janice! What's wrong? Can you estimate how far? Wait. I've got the match, Tim. Wait. There. Can you see me all right? Yeah. Now, you're lucky. There's quite a pile of them. I'd say 15 feet. Stay still. I'll rig something. I took the remainder of the cord, fortunately, about nine feet, and tied my belt to it. I added my shirt to the upper end and... Lord, it through the half-moon opening. Janice, light another match. Okay. Now, here. Can you reach that? I... I... Yes, I've got it. Easy. I've got my shirt on this end. Just take your end and square knot the two. Don't try to help. I want to get hold of the belt before I really pull. Easy. That pivot's standing straight up. Don't touch it. We might not be so lucky a second time. 
Phil. Let me just hold you for a second. I'll teach you to run in tunnels. Well, come on now. And cross everything. We've still got a chance. That's all it was. A chance. We edged down the tunnel in the dark, staying close together now since the rope was gone. We tested everything carefully. Then found the second door. It was a thrill to stand on the third and sixth blocks and feel them move. I used one of the precious matches to refresh our minds from the chart. Then we began to count backward, walking hand in hand. Fifteen. Fourteen. Thirteen. Twelve. Eleven. Ten. This is awful. Eight. Seven. Bill, six. Hold it. I'll stay here and pray. You go to three. Here goes nothing. It's opening. Come on. Juan had rebuilt the wall. But we found no trouble knocking the stones down from inside. At last we were free. Blackness had long settled on the jungle. It was dark in the mound, but to us it was bright. I saw Janice on her knees beside Dr. Clayton. He's dead. I'm not surprised. Phil! Phil, what's that? Uh, Come on, run! Run! Get out of here! was man-made. Uh, you see up there? Where? Against the night sky. That's Juan. Hiding the sun god's horde. And murder. We didn't even get a little smidgen of gold. With Dr. Clayton gone, they'll never believe your discovery. <laughs> Forget it. Let him keep on believing Wellman's translations. Me for Cusco and home. Coming? Try and stop me. Suspense. In which Myron McCormick starred in William and Robeson's production of Door of Gold by E. Scott Floor. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Supporting Mr. McCormick in Door of Gold were Shirley Mitchell as Janice, Jane Avello as Juan, and Ramsey Hill as Dr. Clayton. Original musical score composed and conducted by Amerigo Marino.
think that jewelry worth $100,000 would shine through a concrete wall. But later on today, when yours truly, Johnny Dollar, tries to locate a boodle of missing gems, the sparklers seem to be lost in darkness. Johnny Dollar, however, is an insurance investigator. For all that his work is adventuresome, he has to work for a living like anybody else. And where those missing gems are concerned, he cannot take no for an answer. For Thrill a Minute Listening, follow him to the end of the Templeton Matter when the next thrill-packed episode of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, comes your way over most of these same stations a little later on in the day today.